Did you know that the different phases of the menstrual cycle can have a profound impact on your energy levels, your mood, sex drive, productivity, and just overall well being? What if I were to tell you that by paying attention to the phase of your cycle or your period, you can actually increase productivity, improve your mood, increase libido, enhance your fitness goals, and reduce menstrual symptoms? Welcome to the Confidence Council Podcast. This show is designed for high-achieving women who, despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Monica. I am your confidence, purpose, and mindset coach. And today we have integrative clinical nutritionist, Tasha Stevens on the show to talk about some of the common symptoms of imbalanced hormones in women, the importance of hormone balancing and stress management, and how your productivity, sex life, and creativity can benefit from paying closer attention to your cycle. So let's dive in. I am joined today by a new friend, Tasha, who's going to talk all about hormones. She is a clinical, well, integrative clinical nutritionist. She's a Pilates instructor, the founder of Happy Hormone Health, a mama to a one and a half year old girl. She does it all. She's beautiful. Her hair is fabulous. I can't wait for you guys to get to know her and I, and I can't wait to get to know her more. So Tasha, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pretty sure that is the nicest introduction I have ever had in my entire life. Like I just, I have so much, I feel so confident now. You're great. It. Great. That's the point. Okay. So Tasha, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do and like what led you to this moment, to this point here in your life. Absolutely. So, you know, I think I started, I, I can't say that I like stumbled upon fitness. I fell in love with it when I was nine. I did my first like workout class when I was nine and I was hooked like totally. But, you know, all through the course of my life, I had a lot of medical issues, you know, um, struggled with surgeries and sepsis and so many things and all of these symptoms my whole life and nobody could give me an answer. And I just felt so frustrated. So I became a clinical nutritionist because I was like, I'm going to get answers. Like I, nobody's given me answers. What's happening? Why, why can I feel good? Right. Um, come to find out in my own personal health journey, I live before baby, I lived with five autoimmune diseases that were undiagnosed for wow. years. And even once I found diagnosis and, you know, got connected to, you know, physicians, it was just kind of like, hey, well, this is just going to be your life. Or I was told, well, you know, you gained 30 pounds in a month. This is common for a woman your age. Or, hey, you know, you're struggling with anxiety. Like, here's here's some medication. And then I would take the medication and then I'd have more symptoms. And I just remember being 23, I had graduated with my degree, was starting my, you know, journey helping other women. I was like, this can't be it, right? Like this, I can't, I can't just feel like crap at 23 and it's just going to get worse, right? Because that's basically what they had told me. And so I was like, there, you know, I'd always told my doctors, like my hormones are off. Like you're putting me on hormonal birth control. My periods are terrible. Like I feel something's happening with hormones. And they're like, well, no, that's not a thing. We don't talk about that. And so 
I took it upon myself and thankfully I did have the education to be able to research and study and really found that connection where for women, hormones influence every single aspect of our lives, whether it's your medical, you know, needs, whether it's your energy at the day, your productivity, your desire to socialize, your metabolic function, it's all influenced by hormones. And we have a unique 28 day cycle that we move through every single day. Every, or every single month, we have different hormones that fluctuate across our cycle and they influence us. And so when we started, when I started to support the hormones and I started to support my cycle, my life and health transformed. I now live entirely medication-free with my autoimmunity. Um, I was told I would not be able to get pregnant with my baby um, because of that. And I got pregnant on the first accidental not try. Um, and she's healthy and she's happy. And um, now I've coached over 2000 women and the same and really just providing that education and that understanding that it's not crazy. You're not, your symptoms aren't normal. They're a sign that your body is asking for support and learn, teaching them how to listen to those symptoms so they can be empowered to take action and support their own needs. Wow. So I have my best friend, and I hope she doesn't mind that I'm sharing this, but she's been experiencing like migraines and different things going on and has been through the do doctors and acupuncturists and all these different people that she's talked to. And there's like no, nothing that anyone can point to as like being quote unquote wrong with her. And she still doesn't feel well. And so I'm wondering like, what are some of the things that we should be looking out for that it could be hormones? And like, how do you figure that out? Absolutely. Um, I, that I resonate and I feel like that happens with so many women, right? Cause we, we get kind of used to dealing with it, right? You used to like, oh, I just get a migraine before my period or, oh, I just get really bloated. Um, what I always tell women is symptoms are your body's way of asking for support. So anytime that you experience a symptom, don't just try to band-aid it. Like think of it like, Hey, this is just a message from my body. Symptoms happen because your hormones are disrupted, right? And then we want to peel back even farther in that layer and hormones become disrupted because systems are imbalanced, right? And so it's this kind of cascading effect. And so when we start to look and understand what our symptoms are telling us, we can start to decode that. For example, you know, a lot of women struggle with migraines before their period. Um, they might struggle with anxiety or any type of like spotting before your period. This can be a sign that your progesterone is lower than optimal levels, right? Um, a lot of women really struggle with heavy, heavy cycles or cramping or bloating before their period. And this can be a sign of estrogen dominance, especially if you're living with like endometriosis or you have ovarian cysts. Many women, more, more frequently than I love to admit right now, um, are like showing signs of very early menopause where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm having hot flashes. My doctor tells me I'm at menopause at like 30 or 40. Um, they're having like really light cycles or um, irregular cycles. This is a sign of chronic stress and high cortisol or adrenal overload. And then a lot of women too, on the flip side are struggling with things like, oh, I can't lose any belly fat. My hair is thinning. I have really low energy. And this can be a sign of low testosterone and low thyroid function. And so again, really seeing like, okay, like it's not just that you're bloated, like your bloating might be a result of, you know, estrogen imbalance, which can be linked to some gut disruption. And so really peeling back those layers to be like, oh, what's happening and how do I, how do I support my body? What kind of practitioner or who do you go to that will be able to pinpoint this? So this is where, you know, 
I, I think we all struggle, um, <laughs> right, is because I, with our traditional healthcare system, when it comes to our doctors and our physicians, and I really want to like preface, I don't want to make them the enemy. They're our partners um, and they're very qualified trained professionals, but what they're trained in, they're trained in medicine and reactive medicine, right? So when you go to your, let's just say your OBGYN, for example, and you say like, hey, my hormones are disrupted. They're going to say, okay, well, we can do tests and they might, typically they don't because it's not part of insurance, but they're like, okay, well, if you, if they find something wrong, it means that there's a need for a pharmaceutical intervention. So they're going to give you hormone replacement therapy, or they're going to give you some kind of medication, right? Because it's reactive, right? But a lot of women suffer symptoms in, in the non-reactive space, right? In this, where your blood work seems normal, where you're struggling with all these symptoms, but everything appears fine. And that's because pharmaceutical or like traditional Western medicine is reactive and they're looking for a very onset of disease, right? But we want to support our bodies before we even get there. And that's where integrative nutrition and integrative health really falls because we're looking at optimal health, right? You, Monica, have a completely different genetic code than me. You have a different environment. You have a different lifestyle, different history. You have, you're vastly different than your best friend. And she's different than her friend, right? Mm -hmm. We all have these different levels of health and how your body responds. And so in integrative nutrition with your integrative partners, we look at optimal health and how your body reacts so you can get that support. And so I think a lot of women get frustrated because they were like, oh, I talked to someone and they said, I'm fine, but it's just because they're looking at different things. So what do you do when someone comes to you and they're like, I feel like something's off. My hormones feel weird and mm -hmm. off balance. What, <laughs> what's the first thing you do? So the first thing is really understanding those symptom patterns, right? Like I said, symptoms are immediate biofeedback from your body. And we look at them as like that, like little piece of the puzzle and we can piece it all together. Looking at things like your symptoms when they occur in your cycle, right? Um, symptoms that happen before your period versus symptoms that happen after your period, that can indicate two very different hormone imbalances, right? We'll look at your medical history. We look at how you're fueling your body, aka your diet. We'll look at how you're resting, how you're sleeping. And we even look at how you're working out because all of those can tell what how your body's responding, right? So if I see say you came in and you're like, oh, I'm really struggling with like sleeping. I don't sleep well. Um, and I have a lot of insomnia or I'm going to bed a lot in the morning or like in the middle of the night, like I always have to go to the bathroom. Then we might look at your diet. And if I find out like, oh, you might not be eating enough, that under eating can be leading to high cortisol, which is then impacting testosterone production. And as a result, it's impacting melatonin in your sleep. And then we provide, you know, different dietary or lifestyle habits to support that unique need, right? Really tailoring that because your body is unique. And when we understand, then we can respond. How do you suggest women start like paying attention or tracking these things, like writing down symptoms in relation to their cycle? Or like, how does the cycle play into this, if at all? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this is, I, if you think back to your like traditional health class, like I'm sure it's probably confused you. I, how they teach the cycle is so weird because they say your period marks the start of your cycle. But one really important thing to recognize that you only get a period if you didn't get pregnant. So it's really kind of that end mark. 
And what happens leading up to your period and during your period is kind of that whole report card. So I always think like your period's kind of like your report card. Tracking your symptoms during that time is a great place to start because it's like, hey, I see my bleed. I know what's happening. So writing down like, okay, did you have a heavy period or a light period, right? Writing down the color of your flow is really important because the color can even tell hormone imbalance, right? Like what is the, what is, I mean, other than red, like red, like what else? Red. So I know this, the minute I like found this out, like my mind was blown. Um, So if you have a brown or rust color, so even if it's spotting before, so think of like kind of like almost even blacky, that can be a sign of low progesterone Um, with if you have really dark, dark red or even purple, if it has like clots in it, if it's very heavy, that's a sign of estrogen dominance because estrogen's job is to make that uterine lining super thick. So a baby or egg could implant, right? So if you have too much estrogen, it gets really, really thick and then it's all slewing off, right? Uh-huh. Um, if you have a really, really light, faint color pink, that means too low of estrogen because think it wasn't, it was barely thick enough to even create a color. And then if you have like that beautiful cherry red, and I, I don't think anyone's described their flow as beautiful. <laughs> I, can't time. I can't remember the last time I did that. <laughs> but cherry red is that like, yes, you're killing it. Okay. So even go, even tracking. So like that flow color, your flow rate, if you had spotting before, that's a great place to start. Cause that's your report card. And then from there, you move through four different cycle phases or three after that. So menstrual phase is kind of like the end of that month. Then days anywhere from like one to, I would say five, depending on your your flow and your, your cycle is your follicular phase. That's when your energy should be super high. That's when you should be feeling kind of like confident and excited and creative because estrogen's rising. Um, wait, and- wait, wait. I've never heard that before. In the first five days post period, yeah, that's you're like you're- cr- more creative and like vibrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. And so like, oh my gosh, again, you're mind blown here. You're going to be, you can even like time your social and your productivity to these changes in your hormones, right? So in your follicular phase, it's right after your bleed, your estrogen is rising because your body is basically getting ready to like prep this egg for ovulation. I always call estrogen like our baddie hormone because she makes us feel good. She gives us energy. (laughs) You're super creative. This is a great time to like brainstorm. This is a great time to like try new workout classes, go to new restaurants because you're inspired, right? Almost think of it like spring, a new awakening. Then So if you have any symptoms like low energy, or if you're feeling kind of off during that period, those are good things to write down because it could be a sign that your estrogen's not rising as it should, or there might be a little bit more stress impacting that. Wow. Cool. Day like five to 14, that's your ovulatory phase. During this time, estrogen should be like spiking as well as testosterone and luteinizing hormone are going to be rising with it. And like, this is when you're going to be feeling like super hot and hot and heavy. Like this is a time, like you should feel uh-huh. like really sexy during this time. You're going to have a high libido. You're going to have a crazy strength. Um, so it's like a great time to do like really heavy workouts, really intense workouts. Um, and you're super like chatty and communicative at this time. So it's a great time to like go out with girlfriends, host a party, like do all your one-on-one meetings with people. 
But again, if you're feeling tired and sluggish during this time, it could be a sign of stress or low estrogen or low testosterone. Oh my God. Wait, Tasha, my mind is blown. I feel like no. there's, I could even say for me, like I'm pregnant now, so I can't, I can't really, oh, like, yeah. you know, time it or figure it out what it, where I am right yeah. now. But like, I remember like months and months and months leading up where it's like, I never had that like sexy pole or like, you know what I mean? Like I, it was kind of like, oh God, I put the kids down. I'm tired. Like, but, but is, so should every woman, if the hormones are like balanced, they should be feeling these kinds of things during every Absolutely. single Absolutely. Wow. Every okay. single time. And the intensity and exactly what you feel will be different. Like I had one client message me and she was like, oh my God, I'm having more like naughty dreams. And I was like, that's totally normal. Uh-huh. And then I just had another client was like, yeah, she doesn't really have naughty dreams, but she's like, all I do want to do is like jump my husband's phones. And I was like, yeah. do it, jump them, like uh-huh. go. But if you're not feeling that, typically that's a sign. And I would also like to tell women like, you know, all across that, it's okay to also not feel super sexy in all cycle phases. Because like, for example, when you move into your next phase, which is your luteal phase, that's basically like your body's like, Hey, okay. The egg's out. It potentially should have gotten fertilized. Like, like don't touch me. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy trying to make a baby. And you know, whether from a very primal state, like whether you actively are trying to get pregnant or not, your body always is. It's its biological goal. Interesting. And so when you move to your luteal phase, your progesterone rises and it's progestation. That's why I always how I always remember it. Everything slows down so your body has what it needs to potentially get pregnant. So your digestion slows. You might be more prone to even like getting constipated during that time because your body slows down food moving through the bowels to absorb as much nutrients for potential baby as possible. Um, your energy slows because it wants you to focus on rest and conservation. You typically aren't as social, so you probably don't want to go hang out with friends during that time. And that's okay. Um, but a lot of people are uber productive during your luteal phase because of progesterone. You know how like they say right before you have your baby, <laughs> you get like nesting? Yeah. There's literally that phase all the time for us where it's like the best time to get your to-do list done, to get all of this stuff done because your hormones are in support of it. And so most of the time people feel their most symptoms in their luteal phase because of imbalances with progesterone and estrogen. And then obviously if you don't get pregnant, then you go into your menstrual phase. And then what, what's, what's the feeling during that? During your menstrual phase, again, all your hormones are like flat, flatlined. Let's just say that like, basically it is your body's winter, right? Time to reset, refocus and ensure that you can show up in the next spring rear and to go to potentially get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it's a natural time to not have a lot of energy. That's okay. You typically aren't social during that time. You're more reflective, introspective. It's a really good time to reflect on your month's goals and be like, how did I show up for myself? Where did I do really well? Where can I grow and expand in my next month? And it's very, 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 very normal to be super hungry because you're literally losing part of your body. And so, so many women are like, ah, I I crave stuff during my period. It's so bad. I'm like, no, no, no. It just is your body's asking for more fuel. Like give it to it. Yeah. I love that. I love this whole concept of like, you don't need a new year. You literally have every month is a fresh start with a new season and you kind of go through the motions and you take advantage of each phase for what it's worth. 
and like really dig in during those times where you're supposed to be creative or supposed to be social, you're supposed to be sexy or whatever. And like, not it, it like, it kind of gives me like a little bit of like, I don't know, like, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, not like an exhale, but like, it kind of justifies or like rationalizes those times when like, you're not so productive or you don't want to go to the party and you're like, why am I such a loser? Or why am I so like <laughs> such a homebody or so introverted? But it's like, I was never paying attention to things like that ever. Never. And I would say like, maybe it's like taking that weight and that pressure off. Yeah. That's the word. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, the problem again, without us knowing it was a problem is that our whole like society has been structured around the male hormone cycle, which is 24 hours. So the clock resets for men every single day. Okay. And so there's this expectation in our society that you should be as productive as you were or more productive the next day. You should eat the same amount of food every day because that's what you did. You should, you know, want to be social at 4 p.m. because that's when men were social and that's why happy hour was created, Mm -hmm. right? But women just don't operate in that capacity. And in fact, trying to force that pressure, right? Trying to force yourself to be better than you were yesterday and even better that's how we break because it puts so much stress on us that when all of that stress starts to compound in our body, emotional, physical, psychological, all of that, that literally creates a biological halt in our body and it disrupts every single hormone production pathway as a result. Wow. You know, I'm starting to think that maybe I've become more balanced as I'm getting older because I have become more like, in, I mean, it could also be because I'm a mom and I'm getting older yeah. and I'm married, but like, I'm, I am more like passing on things basically just based on like Boundary. not feeling it, you know, like I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. As opposed to like forcing myself in my twenties to hit every happy hour after work, <laughs> and do all the things, <laughs> Maybe it was yeah. Days, but yeah, like that is, it's so fascinating to me and it's so annoying that this is a man's world. You know, and it, we're just, oh, just. I, I, there is a movement. There is so many people are re- learning this and starting to empower their lives in it. And so it's absolutely possible to still show up for your hormones and your cycles in today's society. Where I tell my, you know, clients how to thrive is think about what you can add versus what you can't do, right? Mm-hmm. So a good way to, you know, you, you might have to take that work call in your menstrual phase, even though you don't really want to talk to anybody. Like sometimes there are just things in life. You, you might have to go visit your in-laws right, and, right. Social and host them. Like I can't avoid yeah. that. Yeah. But you can add something on the back end to support your body. So if it, say you were hosting your in-laws for the holidays during your menstrual phase, and that's extremely draining, then you can take some days afterwards, maybe say like, okay, mom's going to go have a spa day, or I'm going to have a day where I stay at home and I watch Netflix and I'm going to allow that and be okay with it. And even just adding that to support your hormones allows you to take that step back to create healthy boundaries and to give your body what it needs to show up in the next phase as its best self. Oh, I just love that so much. And I'm all for, yeah, just like taking that break after you need it. And you no, know, knowing this now, it's like, if you are not pregnant currently, 
-hmm. you can look at your calendar. And if you don't keep track of your period, you should probably start. I feel like it's only right. It's just helpful to know. Do you have like any apps or anything that you would suggest? Like for do I really love, um, so I'm kind of like, there's four or three, I would say I'd love. So if you want like easy, super like friendly to use the flow app is really helpful because it'll map it out based off what your previous cycles. And then you can literally like click click and check all of these boxes Mm -hmm. um, for like symptoms. And it gives you little tips afterwards. I will say there's a lot of pop-ups on that one. So like I get kind of annoyed. Another one I really love is called Kindara. Those ones are for like my data heavy gals, um, especially if you're trying to conceive it can track your BBT like data for you. It can track your cervical fluid for you. It also tracks like symptoms and it like maps everything out like super, super organized. Um, and then this one is paid. So it just depends. It's called my flow. And that one actually maps out like each and every phase for you. And it gives you little tips for your phase. The only problem with that one I've noticed is that if your cycle is somewhat irregular, it cannot figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like my top three. And your cycle is your like fifth vital sign of health for women. So definitely that's a great place to start tracking it. Does an irregular cycle symbol some sort of an imbalance? It does. And it does depend again on what's happening in conjunction with that. So, you know, a lot of women with living with PCOS struggle with cycle irregularity, um, and there might be root causes as to why that occurs. Chronic stress, even if you don't feel stressed, is one of the number one causes of an irregular cycle. And stemming to that, it could be, you know, physical stress, overtraining. It could be physical stress, under eating. Those are really big, big ones for women. It could be emotional stress or psychological stress. So a lot there. Um, And then sometimes you obviously will start to have like an irregular cycle as you start to truly enter menopause too. Wait, tell me about that because I feel like that's come up with a couple of girlfriends about this pre-menopause, like early menopause. This is scary. So what, what does that mean? When does it start? What should we know about it? So traditionally, so how menopause works because I think sometimes it's not super clear, um, is menopause is just when your ovarian function starts to decline as a natural baby based body saying like, Hey, we're no longer going to like be able to get pregnant. Um, and your hormone production doesn't stop. It just shifts, right? A lot, your ovaries produce a majority of your estrogen. And so when they start to decline, estrogen levels shift and that then shifts to other systems that could produce estrogen. Typically menopause starts around, you know, and as early, I think as 45, but more so around like 48, fifties, right. It does depend on how early you got your cycle, family history, genetics, but uh, more and more people because of chronic stress are seeing these menopause symptoms as early as 30, some even twenties. And you'll go to your physician and you'll say like, I have hot flashes. I have irregular cycles. I have, um, you know, hair thinning, all of these very common things, crazy mood swings. And your doctor will be like, oh, it's just perimenopause. It's not though. Typically it is chronic stress. Mm-hmm. And so I would say before, because they will say like, oh, we'll just get on hormone replacement therapy or birth control. I would say before you do that, right, really focus on supporting the stress in life that you can control, which is your nutrition and your fitness. The problem with today's society, again, kind of alluded to it, 
is that we're just used to living with stress. It's really stressful. You're, you know, working, you're trying to be there for your family, you're taking care of your kids, you're working out, you're on social media, you're doing everything all the time. And we've become so stressed desensitized that we don't even know that we're stressed. Um, And so focusing on nourishing your systems and giving your body the fuel that it needs to thrive is how you reduce that stress burden. Because if you're accidentally under eating, your body just freaks out, right? It's famine. What are some of the ways that you would suggest managing stress for the, like, cause I've heard that I've, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of like way left field, but I've had like psychic mediums tell me mm-hmm. you are so beyond stressed. And I'm like, I am like, <laughs> I'm doing like a gajillion things, but like, oh, maybe I am, you know? So what do you suggest when it turns out maybe stress is the first thing that you need to be tackling before you get on any of these hormones or crazy stuff that they're trying to put you on? Absolutely. So the first place, again, whether you mean to or not, most likely you're under eating. Like I said, I've supported 2000 women. What? What? I thought you were going to say the opposite. You're, I don't have any, I don't like people under eat. I feel like I cannot stop eating. Um, yeah. (laughs) So I would say of the 2000 women that I've coached, 99.9% of them all were under eating, even if they weren't trying. Even if under they were eating, like, like they don't eat enough food or like it not, not nutrient dense food. Both, right. Okay. Not eating, not eating enough food, total energy, maybe eating enough energy, but the wrong energy types, mm-hmm. not eating the right micronutrients. There's so many layers to it. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately we've all been exposed to di- diet culture. Diet culture, sure. you know, was how we were raised, especially if you're, I'm, I'm 30. Millennial. So I'm, yeah. We're well, millennials. Yeah. yeah. I read all the teen vogues. I tried every diet. Yeah. The The Victoria's Um, Secret fashion shows, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Oh man. All the pink sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) But so we have the very, very, very disrupted relationship of what we need for food because of our societal pressures. Right. So how, when you under eat again, our body's stress response is so primal. Our body is very primal. So stress traditionally, like think back way back when it was like you either fought the saber toothed tiger that was threatening you or you ran the hell away from it. Mm-hmm. But the stress was supposed to be short lived and then it was over. So your body has designed and created a stress response to survive wars, to survive famine, to survive predators, right? So if you're under eating, that triggers that famine response of like, oh, I don't know when Monica's going to feed me again. I don't know when she's going to give me enough to feel good. So contrary to that belief of like, you're going to burn more fat when you eat less, your body says, oh crap, I'm not getting enough. I need more. So it learns to shut down organ function, shut down hormone production. So say you're supposed to function at hundred percent, it'll learn to function at 80 and then you eat, you know, eat less. Okay. I'm going to function at 60. I'm going to function at 30. As a result, anything in excess or that it doesn't need gets stored immediately as fat. But your body is just in this like protective stress state because it doesn't know when it will get enough to thrive. So even small things like making sure that you eat every three hours, even if you don't feel hungry, making sure that you eat within one hour of waking up to stabilize your cortisol response. These small little habits are transformative to the stress response. Um, eating a lot of women think carbs are bad. Carbs are friend carbs are friend, making sure that you have nice complex carbs every three hours 
does wonders for your hormones, does wonders for your fat metabolism, does wonders for your energy level. And it's, it's small habits like that are game changer. Wow. So it's not just, which I'm sure part of it, you, you would also like recommend is, you know, um, a mindfulness practice or a walk outside, but, but nutrition, mm-hmm. I've never considered nutrition as being a kind of sh- shield or, or a way to deal with stress ever. So that's Absolutely. so interesting. Yeah. And it, there's, I could literally rabbit hole and we'd have like a 20 hour podcast of all the ways that nutrition can help with stress. But the biggest thing I would love to leave with is you remember that like, if your car doesn't have gas, it doesn't go right. Mm -hmm. If your body doesn't have fuel, even if you're putting fuel in and it's not the right type of fuel, it can't, it can't function or it will function for a little. And then the engine will putter out. It's the same, same is true with us. Like nutrition is the science of nourishing our systems and keeping us alive and thriving and getting back to that basic, right? Nourish your systems and your body will thank you and reward itself in return. I love this. This is fascinating. So Tasha, you said something about you've coached 2000 women. What, Mm -hmm. what do you do? And, and how do you, how can, if a listener feels called and feels like, okay, I need to talk to her, how can they connect with you? Absolutely. Um, so I, the best, we believe that every single woman is unique and deserves a unique approach. So every single program that we write is hundred percent customized to your unique needs. Uh, because like I said, you have your own hormones, your own, you know, medical history, your own environment your own, you know, mindsets around nutrition that might be holding you back from your best self. Um, so we write completely tailored meal plans and strength programs that factor in all of your hormonal needs and that align with your cycle. Wow. So we, we tell you, what nutrients do you need for hormone production at this phase? How much energy do you need? What type of workouts do you do? Um, and most importantly, we give that support and accountability because- really when it comes to health, we have so many beliefs about that influence, how we react and how we respond in stress. And if you want to take control of your health for life, it's learning to create habits that not only help your systems heal, but that make you feel good and that align with your life. And so I would say if you're eager to start and you're eager to dive in on your hormone balance journey, we have a free hormone assessment that helps you map out your symptoms and gives you tailored strategies to support based off of your hormonal needs. Um, That's a great place to just like dive in and figure out what's happening with your body and gain an understanding. Um, And then we do one-on-one coaching for anybody who feels called, who's ready to just kind of dive in and take control of their health and never diet. Cause I, we don't believe in restriction or deprivation or any of that. I love that. Where can they get the free assessment? Um, Our free assessment is on our website at www.happyhormonehealthllc.com. And I'll absolutely share it with you too. And I'll link it in the bio too, so that you could easily access it. Yeah. And through there too, we have a bunch of additional health free resources. That's how you can get in contact with me if you want to set up a discovery call or even apply for coaching. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. I like, okay, I am pregnant, but I'm like ready to pop it out so I can like pay attention to my cycle and go like crush it during the- Oh my gosh. My tip for uh, my bonus tip for you and also any other women who may be expecting soon is 
start day one, so day that you deliver, go ahead and uh, start in your menstrual phase and start tracking and start supporting your body right then and there. I love it. And now we have, we know about three apps that we can use to support us and we have all the tips and tricks and a great resource in Tasha. So thank you so much. It's been so amazing having you on the show. Oh, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for spending time with me and allowing me to share. And I'm always here if you have questions too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.